Grace and peace to you in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know about you, but I am not a big fan of sacrifice. Don't get me wrong. I admire sacrifice. Everyone I know admires sacrifice. I appreciate the sacrifices of the soldier. I appreciate the sacrifices of the policeman or woman who are protecting us every night. I appreciate the sacrifice of firefighters. The single parent who sacrifices things for their children in order to provide a better life for them. I appreciate the sacrifice of the person who sells all of their possessions for the purpose of going and serving in the world somehow, whether it be as a missionary or in the Peace Corps, whatever it may be. I know that sacrifice is good. And I also know that all of you know that sacrifice is good. But let me ask you this, how many of you want to be the soldier who's being shot at? I don't. How many of you want to be the single mom or dad who has to give up things in order to take care of your children? I don't want that. How many of you want to sell your possessions for the spiritual good of other people? I don't want to do that. Not me. And probably not you either. You know, I read a quote a long time ago that sort of struck me as the way that I tend to see sacrifice and how I think most of us in the church tend to see sacrifice. It read, I think I could die for my faith so long as they killed me quickly. Now there's a mindset that I can get behind. I am willing to sacrifice. I'm even willing to sacrifice in big ways. Obviously dying is a big way. But I don't want there to be much suffering accompanied with it. I don't want it to be the sort of sacrifice where it can be life-altering or it can be wrenching or it can be a really, really difficult thing. I would just prefer those sacrifices, you know, the sort where I go and maybe I do a community project once a quarter or something along those lines and then I get my warm fuzzy and I go back home and then that's it. But a life-altering sacrifice, a big sacrifice, uh, No, thank you. Well, there's good news for people like me today in today's Old Testament lesson. You see, Moses is a lot like us in that regard. By today's lesson, Moses is out of Egypt. He's already plunged a dagger into a guy's heart, and he had to flee. Well, this is years after that, and he has a really comfortable life. He has a wife, he has kids, he's a happy shepherd out in the middle of nowhere, and he's just content to be where he's at. Unfortunately, this isn't good enough for God. Moses is out working one day, and then he sees this bush that's burning, but isn't really burning. Now, you talk about your sacrifices. Moses is about to get a real sacrifice. God tells him, Moses, here's the thing. You're going to be leaving this comfy life you've got right now. You're going back to Egypt and you're going to free the Israelites. And Moses says, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, right? No. No, you can hear the hesitancy in his voice. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Well, who indeed? He killed an Egyptian. He can't very well just go prancing back into the courts of Pharaoh as if nothing happened and say, hey, Pharaoh, I'm back, and guess what? Um, You need to let the Israelites go. What? 
You mean I've got to leave this comfortable place. I've got to leave the shepherding. I've got to leave the comfort of my wife, my, my father-in-law, my kids, my happy little life here shepherding. And you're telling me I've got to go back to this grumbling, unhappy, frustrated Israelite people to try to lead them out of a land that sometimes they think they want to be let out of, other times they don't want to be let out of. You mean I got to leave this for that? Oh, come on. No thanks. Besides, it's an impossible task. It can't be done. And yet it was. Well, then let's go to today's gospel lesson. So Jesus, God incarnate, tells his disciples, I'm going to die on a cross and I'm going to rise on the third day. Well, that's crazy. Those sorts of things don't happen. Peter knows this. Roman soldiers are killers. If they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you dead. And there's no getting up out of that. And so Peter's response is telling. He gets it. He knows how we feel about this sort of thing. God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. And what's Jesus' response? Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me for you're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And all of us are thinking, well, of of course he's setting his mind on human things. Jesus, he's a human being, just like me. And as human beings, we know that people who get killed die, dead. They don't get up. There is no third day resurrection for this sort of thing. Once you're dead, once the Romans kill you, you're in the grave and that's it. Peter gets it. We get it. Peter's not going to sacrifice a friendship. He's not going to sacrifice somebody that he loves for foolishness. For something that's just crazy. Well, in retrospect, we know that God did use Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. We know that Jesus did die, saved the world from its sin through his death on the cross and through the resurrection. It was just like he promised. It's always just like God promises. The sacrifices of one lead to the salvation of many. But you know, I still can't say that I really enjoy personal sacrifice. I get it in the Bible. I appreciate their sacrifices. I just don't want God to ask me to do anything like that, you know? Sometimes I think back to an old Tom Landry quote, though, and I'm reminded it it sort of frames what God does for us and through us. For me, anyway, this works. Tom Landry was the, the football coach for the Dallas Cowboys for many, many years. And once when asked about leadership, he stated, leadership is getting someone to do what they don't want to do so that they can achieve what they want to achieve. I don't think Moses wanted to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. I really don't. I don't think Jesus wanted to die on the cross. I don't think Job, or not Job, I don't believe uh, Jonah wanted to go to Nineveh. In fact, I know he didn't. I don't think most of the characters in the Bible who were placed in the positions that now lead us to think of them as these super spiritual giants, I don't think most of them wanted to do what they had to do in order to, to receive that status from the church. 
Well, I assume that you're all here today for two reasons. Number one, I assume that you're here today because you want to understand your faith better. And number two, you want to live your faith better. Now, to be sure, everything in our faith is a response to what God has already given us. Sometimes, though, we like to think that we can go deeper in our faith without obedience. Well, that's impossible. If Moses had resisted, if he just said, you know what, I appreciate the offer, God, I'm going to stay here and do what I've been doing. If he had done that, would his faith have been stunted, you think, maybe just a little bit? Well, yeah. And if Jesus, in response to Peter, had said, you know what, Peter, you got a good point. These people don't deserve for me to die anyway. I'm not doing it. Would humanity be, would humanity be the poorer for it? Well, yeah, absolutely. Moses, Jesus, the Son, are in obedience to the Father. You can't ignore God's call on your life and expect to go deeper with God. It's impossible. You know, I was watching a documentary a couple nights ago on the building of Apple Computer Company. There's a story where Steve Jobs approaches John Scully. John Scully was at the time the, the manager or the president of, of Pepsi Company. Pepsi was very, very successful at the time. As a matter of fact, they were running better numbers than the, the Coca-Cola Corporation. Um, some of you probably remember this. This is at the time where they're doing those blind taste tests where people take a a drink of Pepsi, take a drink of Coke, and everybody takes off the blindfold. They're like, wow, I can't believe I chose Pepsi. Well, that's the period that we're talking about. And you'll probably also remember about this time, Apple was sort of a startup company. It wasn't really anything all that special yet. Well, Jobs comes up to Scully And he says, look, I want you to be the CEO of Apple. Will you come over here with us? And Scully's, you know, no, I got a pretty good thing going here. I really don't want to leave. And Job's finally getting frustrated, asks him the question, look, John, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life or come with me and change the world? Hmm. I think there's a sermon in there somewhere. You see, I suspect, actually I know, that there are a lot of you here today who keep selling sugar water because it's comfortable. Know how I know it? Because I did it. You just keep on doing the same thing because it's comfortable and you keep on hoping that you can figure out what God's vision for your life is when God's vision is telling you, time to move on. This isn't where I want you anymore. Comfort has its appeal, but comfort at the expense of God's mission for your life is a spiritual killer. And so I want to ask you this morning, is your spiritual currency fear, or is it trust that God is going to take care of you when you step out on faith for him? Nervousness is normal. It's perfectly fine to be nervous. It's okay to be afraid of what's ahead. Few people that I know enjoy the unknown. But, you know, as Christians, we're just not sugar water people. We're the sort of people who trust God. 
even when every logical thing tells us this can't possibly work. You know, God is sort of the, God is big into the business of taking people where they're not comfortable and then doing miraculous things. Let me ask you, is there any logical reason on earth that you can think of, any logical, man-made, guided way that Moses should have been able to take the Israelites out of Egypt? I can't think of one. You have to have red seas that are parted. You have to, you have to have plagues that are brought on a land that have absolutely nothing to do with your own power. It implies faith. Faith that God is going to sustain you, that God is going to be parting the Red Sea of whatever obstacle that is that you fall into. It requires, it requires trust that God is going to take care of you when you step out and do the thing that God has called you to. That's our calling card. That's what Christians are. So I want to close this morning by asking you a couple questions. What has God called you to? And why are you resisting? It's not going to work. Long term, it's not going to work. You know why? Because this is what God does when you resist him. He lets you be miserable. And he does. Believe me, my hand's flying in the air on that one because that's what he did with me. I resisted the call for a long time to ministry. And I was miserable. Friends, if God has put a call on your life, if God has something for you to do, you will only have peace when you do it. So what's your call? Where's God leading you? What does God want you to do? Well, friends, let go of the sugar water. Take God's hand and change the world with him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you do not make us a people of fear. I thank you that you are real and as a result of being real, we can have trust that no matter what you have called us to, it will be done by your power. But Father, sometimes we lack trust that you're going to take care of us. And Lord, I would ask that if there is anybody here this morning who knows that you have placed a call in their life but is afraid to step out in faith, that you would give them the trust to step out, accept that you are going to do the work that they can't do for themselves and follow you. That's who we are individually. It's what we are as a congregation. It's what the church has been and has always been when it's been at its most successful. And so, Father, with the whole fellowship of the saints that we are surrounded by, I just ask that you would pour out a blessing through the power of your Holy Spirit on whatever call you have made on the people in this congregation and that you would give them the courage to step out in faith to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.